gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the Madhouse Podcast. As always, I am your host, Mad Max. Uh, today's episode is our recap episode for week 12 of the NFL, and um, it's the Thanksgiving week, so it's probably a big one that everybody kind of goes through. It's, you know, one of the, it's one of the most exciting times for diehard uh, football fans, you know, obviously the Lions and the Cowboys are the teams that play the most, uh, but Thursday night or Thursday on Thanksgiving day, uh, the first game on the docket was, um, uh, the first thing on the first game on the schedule for that day was, uh, Packers and Lions. Um, this game surprised the shit out of me because the Packers led most of the matter of fact, they led the entire game. They didn't take their foot off the gas they didn't do anything. They really didn't do a whole lot of. They really didn't do a whole lot of of anything really because Jordan Love came out there and just you know, uh, and just really laid it on there that even though the Lions are probably the best team in the division and this is Thanksgiving, one of the most uh, watched football games all year, they weren't going to take it. Uh, blindly, they were going to take it lightly. And if you would have told that to Jordan Love and the Packers, they would have been like, "Yeah, right. Watch this." Um. Uh, you know everything. Like, don't get me wrong. The Lions did make the comeback towards the end there, but it wasn't enough. The final score ended up being uh, Packers over the Lions, twenty-nine twenty-two. Jared Goff, you know, put up three hundred and thirty yards, two touchdowns. Uh, David Montgomery. Uh, I think he rushed for like maybe 70 yards and a touchdown. So it wasn't like the Lions were a pushover at all. They just, you know, the 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 proverbial comeback at the end didn't pay off the way it should have. And the Lions ended up holding it down. And they were the visiting team. So that kind of said something right there. Uh, the second game in the afternoon uh, on Thanksgiving Day was the Cowboys and the Commanders. And there was no... Like, we saw the Packers dominate the first half of the game, and then we saw a we saw the proverbial comeback come up short at the end for the Lions. In the Cowboys game, it was all Cowboys. You know, I think, to be honest, the Commanders only scored 10 points, and it was only in the second quarter. They scored a touchdown and a field goal, and that was it. And um, it was... Uh, it was, I don't want to say it was embarrassing because the commanders are really all over the place. They've lost some of their best players on defense. Their offense is really, really struggling because of the simple fact that, you know, they're dealing with a new quarterback in Sam Howell, uh, a, a seasoned coach in Ron Rivera, but, you know, they really have no type of offensive weapons around Sam Howell, and that's kind of uh, that's kind of the issue. Curtis Samuel is a good receiver, but and he did rack up a hundred yards in this game. But you know that that's one receiver, and he's I don't want to say he he's not bad, but he's not good either. Like I, he's better than most, but he's not as good. Like I, I like to be honest, I wouldn't put him top ten in the league right now. But um, you know, but the Cowboys on the other hand, you know. Dak Prescott threw for four touchdowns. Tony Pollard rushed one. I mean, it was insane, you know, how well the Cowboys are playing. The Cowboys are trying to make the statement that should they get the chance to dethrone the Eagles, they're going to take it. 
and they are looking to be a, I don't see them winning their division because the Eagles are playing really good, and we're going to get to the Eagles later on because they had a damn good game, but, uh, but the issue with the Cowboys is the fact that is, I think I've, I've been saying it since I've been saying it since the beginning of the year. If you notice when the Cowboys play a bad team, they can put up the numbers when they play a good team, they can put up mediocre numbers. And, uh, I don't think that I really don't think that the Cowboys are a bad team by any means. They've gotten rid of some of the pieces that have been holding them back. Like they got rid of Ezekiel Elliott, you know, because his running days are not the same as are are not the same as they were when he first got there. They got rid of Amari Cooper. I don't think he was. He's not a CD Lamb. He's not a. Um, uh, he's not a CD Lamb. He's not uh, a Brandon Cooks. You know, he's a great receiver. Don't get me wrong. He's Amari Cooper is a damn good receiver, but for some reason. He was just not operating the way the same way in the Cowboys, the way he was doing it in Oakland before he got there. And so for them to kind of cut him loose and really not miss a beat after that, you know, there's something there. That's something to be said there and things like that. The Cowboys played really, really well. They're undefeated within their division because every time they play a division opponent, uh, they've beaten the Giants twice and they've beaten they've beaten the Giants twice. They've beaten the Commanders twice, and I think, um, and the only I think one of their losses that they came had came against the Eagles, and things like that. So, uh, you know, it it really kind of goes to show you that the Cowboys are here to stay, even though the Eagles are the best team in that division. They are going to do something really, really well. You could you're definitely looking at a playoff bound team with the Cowboys. So. And then the Thursday night game was the 49ers was another divisional game, the 49ers and the Seahawks. And to be honest, this was no different than anything else. The Seahawks, the Seahawks played a good game, but it was the 49ers game all the way through. Like, to be honest, they, they led most of the game and they laid it on thick. Christian McCaffrey had 115 yards, two touchdowns. Brock Purdy had 209 yards with one touchdown and a pick. You know, Debo Samuel, you know, caught 80 you know, caught for 80 yards and everything like that. This guy, you know, this team is firing on all cylinders. Like I said, after their three, they lost three in a row, they went on by, and now they're coming back swinging, and they've kind of recuperated, and they're starting to get back into the rhythm of everything like that. So um, it's like, what else, you know, what else has this team got to do? Now, the Seahawks, on the other hand, they are, they are also a good team. But, you know, they are really, really struggling on both sides of the ball. You're starting to see a little bit of the flaws that Geno Smith has had over his career and everything like that. And to be honest, without a running game, you know, it's, you know, they rotate running backs like crazy in Seattle. The receivers are okay. You know, outside of DK Metcalf, there's not a whole lot of receivers that are that good in uh, Seattle, especially with their tight end situation. Um I'm not too sure uh, the defensive side of the ball. They can hang with the best of them, but you know when you got an explosive offense like the 49ers, whether it's Purdy throwing a long bomb to Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, or whether it's Christian McCaffrey running up the middle, that's a, they, they're very spread out, and that's going to be very difficult for a lot of teams. Now, the big challenge for the 49ers is this coming week in Week 13 because they're going to be in Philadelphia, or 
either in no they're either going to be in Philadelphia or in San Francisco to play the Eagles and I think should the Niners win that game you know they're going to be on pace to be the number one they're all looking to be the number one seed in the NFC and can they pull it off I think they can um but like I said I won't I won't we won't cross that bridge till we get there because we'll talk about the Eagles when we get to that game so and then as a special treat for Black Friday Prime Video put out one of the NF put out a game on Friday night. Uh, the NFL's Friday night game was the Dolphins at the Jets, and to be honest, the Jets really, really buckled under the pressure. This was the first game uh, with a new quarterback, Tim Boyle. Um, I think the Jets have kind of moved on from Zach Wilson. I don't think it's his fault that he was losing the game because, you know, like I said. The Jets are kind of all over the place. They have a solid offense. They really do. But I think Zach, for some reason, they chose to put it in Zach Wilson's hands, and he's very inconsistent. He can have one game, two bad games, and then a good game, two more bad games, and then a good game again. It's like that. that's not going to work. Now, the coach's decision to change quarterbacks in – to change quarterbacks in you know this at the beginning of the season at the in this halfway through the season is alarming because New England did the exact same thing and uh, they both did the exact same thing um they both did the exact same thing they changed quarterbacks at the beginning of the season New England actually did it in the middle of the game and we'll get to that when we get to Sunday but you know, as far as the Dolphins go, the Dolphins are looking to be the best team in the AFC East, and uh, it's no, there's no really no way to put it any way you put it. You know, Jason Waddle had 115 yards. Uh, Mozart, I keep calling him Mozart, even though that's not his name, but the running back from Miami had you know two rushing touchdowns, and I think he either cracked at 100 or just below 100 yards rushing. You know, Tua had. Tua had about maybe 240 yards, one touchdown. I know he threw a couple of picks because the Jets, one of the Jets' touchdowns came from a 99-yard interception uh, return. Oh, no, that was the Miami did that. And so, but to be honest, Miami's looking to be the division. They're going to win the division. At the, at the rate they're going now, they're definitely going to win the division. There's no question about it. The Jets' defense is fired on all cylinders, but... It's their offense that's really, really holding them back from winning any more games. The fact that they changed quarterbacks, you know, halfway through the season to kind of see what they were going to be left with is, the, I don't want to say is them pushing the panic button, but their hand is definitely over it. So, you know, we'll see what happens as the Jets, as we move into the second half of the season. Um, so going into Sunday, so going into the Sunday afternoon games, First game we have up is the Texans and the Jaguars, and my God, what we fucking should have won that game. Like to be honest, had the kicker made both of the field goals in the second half, they definitely would have won the game. You know, a lot of people were saying the refs were helping Jacksonville. Yeah, I, I try to stay away from that kind of stuff, but you know, obviously there were some questionable calls there in the fourth quarter and everything like that. I mean, C.J. Stroud, obviously he's going to win Rookie of the Year. The kid was playing with an amazing amount of talent that they had because Trevor Lawrence, even though he threw, you know, for 360 yards and a touchdown and an interception, you know, that wasn't really enough, you know, because Nico Collins, you know, was Nico Collins 
caught 100 yards, caught one touchdown, and all this other stuff and everything like that. But um, the the defense was really holding it down for uh, the Texans and everything like that. And then you saw in the fourth quarter, it was that spirited comeback, and he was going for that 58. See, that was the fishy thing that I found very, very unusual at the end. The Texans go down and kick the field goal. It's at the 56. It's from 56 yards. Then they call a timeout. Now it's from 58. And it's like, well, where's those two yards come from? Because if he kicks the ball and it hits the up and it hits the crossboard and it bounces out. And I was like, had they been two yards up, it probably would have cleared and bounced the other way, tying the game at the end. But then again, Earlier on in the game, you know, when he's kicking the 50 yard from 50 yards out, he still misses it and everything like that. So it's like, dude, he can make a 50 yard field goal. And, you know, he, to be honest, I think had he, you know, had he kicked it with just a little bit towards the left or the right and not hit that back crossbar, they definitely would have tied that game up and definitely would have won it in overtime. But, you know, even though the Texans lost the game, the Texans, I, to be honest, I think the Texans are going to be a wild card team. I really do. The Jaguars may take the division, um, but the Texans are definitely going to be a wild card team. Both of these teams are playing on all, they're firing on all cylinders on both sides of the ball. The Jaguars have the better record. The Texans have the bigger mountain to climb. But to be honest, if you look at the Texans' next couple of the ske- the next, the final stretch of this schedule, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's a fucking cakewalk. But our next, you know, our next opponent is the Denver Broncos. So, and they're playing very, very well. So, you know, and that's going to be our perfect segue because the Broncos actually pulled off an upset and knocked off the Cleveland Browns 29-12. I was like, holy shit. And it wasn't like, and to be honest, it wasn't like the Denver Broncos were lighting up the scoreboard. Russell Wilson had one touchdown, less than 200 yards. You know, uh, Sutton you know, had three catches maybe and everything like that. And it's like, what the hell? They scored a touchdown in the first quarter, the second quarter. They didn't score any touchdowns in the third quarter. And they scored, they scored what? A safety in the fourth quarter. Now, now I will say the Browns are struggling because one, they just lost to Sean Watson last, last week. You know, he's done for the season. Um, and then I think in the fourth quarter, their quarterback, the new kid, uh, Thomas Robinson, uh, he got hurt in that safety. I think they, they hit him in the mouth and they got a lot of people saying, you know, there should have been a late flag. And he was out with a head injury. I don't know if it they busted his jaw. I don't know if it was a concussion, but he was done. And then P.J. Walker finished the game. But that was already in the fourth quarter. So, you know, and the Broncos just ran all over them. Their defense this Broncos defense was really holding it down. And I was like, holy shit, you know, like what the hell? And, you know, the Broncos are looking really, really good. You know, they were the worst team in football before that. You know, I remember them being like, oh, and five. And now they're six and five. You know, it's like, what the hell? What's going on here? Um, You know, who knows? We might see them in the playoffs. You know, I'm looking forward to see how us, the Texans can, um, you know, us the Texans are gonna um are gonna do that, are gonna do against them. Sean Payton may have figured this out. So, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens uh next week. So uh the next game uh we're gonna look at is the Falcons and the Saints. Um I don't know, man. I really don't know what happened in this game, 
I think the I think the main reason that I think the main reason the Saints lost this game was because they lost a lot of players. You know what I mean? Like Olave was their saving grace, you know, and he was the one, you know, he had 115 yards catching and everything like that, but Derek Carr was getting hit. They lost one of their receivers and then I think uh they didn't use really Taysom Hill as much as they should have in my opinion and um so they were really and you know it's not like Atlanta was doing that great either I mean John Robinson had a touchdown I think he rushed for like 90 95 yards and things like that but you know Desmond Ritter threw two interceptions and and um you know it wasn't looking so good for Atlanta but for some odd reason they pulled away and they were actually able to come out with a win 24-15 and I don't know what's going on in the NFC South. I really don't because the Saints were the best team to beat, but now that they've lost these two in a row and the Falcons have won the next two, it's anybody's ball game. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, we'll see what happens, you know, moving forward. Uh, so who knows with that division because the Bucks, Bucks were struggling a little bit too, but they had a much better game than the fucking Falcons did. And speaking of the Bucks, the Bucks unfortunately go down to the Colts, 20 to 7, 20 to 27, and to be honest, this was probably one of the best games I've, I saw over the weekend, um, Garden Minshew is proving, much like Baker Mayfield, they're, they're fighting for a job, they really are, I don't think, I, I really don't think, um, I really don't think the, the, the Bucks should move away from Baker Mayfield, I really don't, he's developing a good relationship with those guys there, Roddy White rushed for, not Roddy White, which is, see, I was thinking of the other fucking guy. can't remember, White, the running back from uh, Tampa Bay. You know, he rushed for 100 yards. Mike Evans had two touchdowns, you know, but that was, you know, that's all saying something. But then, of course, Garden Minshew, on the other hand, Garden Minshew didn't really do a whole lot. He was able to move the ball down. He rushed for a two, he rushed, I think he rushed for two touchdowns, in my opinion, and things like that. And then, um... Pittman Jr. had 100 yards. You know, the Colts are fine on all cylinders. They're they're tied with us. Because they won and because we lost in Houston, we're tied with them. And uh, that's saying something, you know. The Colts are proving, you know, starting to prove, even though they lost their, their rookie sensation quarterback uh, for the season earlier on, they're still going to be forced to be reckoned with. But now the reason why I don't get excited for Garden Minshew is because we saw this happen before. We saw this happen when Garden Minshew was in Jacksonville. Before Trevor Lawrence got there, a lot of people thought he was going to be the one to kind of take over when Blake Bortles had already been let go. They brought in Nick Foles because he just won the Super Bowl, and then he gets hurt almost immediately. And um, But I don't know. Garden Minshew is like, he's a great backup. Let's just say that. He's a good backup. He's the guy you can plug in there when your star player gets hurt or when your starter gets hurt and everything like that. But... From that point on, you know, is he a good starting quarterback? Who knows? I think Baker Mayfield is a great starting quarterback. I don't think it's, you know, he struggled in, he didn't, a lot of people say he struggled in Cleveland. I don't think so because he took the Cleveland Browns to the, to the playoffs, which they were maybe one or two games. I think they lost to Kansas City. And that would have been, if they would have beat, they would have upset Kansas City and everything like that they would have been in the AFC Championship for the first time in who knows how long. So he can win a game with the right talent around him. And I think there is some great talent in Tampa Bay. 
a la Mike Evans. You know, Chris Godwin is still there. David Njoku is still there. Chris uh, uh, Chris Otten, I think that's his name. The tight end that came in uh, after Gronk had retired. So that was kind of like, all right, you know, they, there's, there's, there's still some talent there. And there's still, there's still a threat as far as, you know, the Tampa Bay defense and everything like that. They can still, you know, win some games, unfortunately. So Jonathan Taylor... Jonathan Taylor was a is a great running back for the for the Colts and I think he had two touchdowns in this game but unfortunately as of right now he's about to miss uh you know I think he got injured in the game uh he didn't, he wasn't taken out or anything like that but he did get injured in the game because uh he's about to have surgery on one of his hands I think he either tweaked his thumb or broke his thumb but he's expected to miss um the next four games and you know that running game in, in in Indianapolis is what's kind of going because Jonathan Taylor had come back after being off with his injury. Zach Moss had kind of taken over. Well, then Zach Moss goes down, and now Jonathan Taylor goes down. So it's like, how can we? Hopefully, they can get it fixed as the as the later season as the rest of the season plays out. But who knows? You know. But we'll go from there. The next game we have is Pittsburgh and uh, Cincinnati. Now this is gonna this is interesting because this is the first time we're seeing Pitts we're seeing Pittsburgh days after they just fired their offensive coordinator Matt Canada and then this is the first game we're seeing the Bengals without Joe Burrow and to be honest the Steelers had a pretty good game you know that tight end who Fiermuth I'm not sure how to say that last name uh, but he had an amazing game 120 yards. Uh, catching Tyler Pickett had a pretty good game. Najee Harris had a pretty good game. Um, the guys are just the Pittsburgh Steelers are starting to you know come up with it. You know they're starting to come away with it and everything like that. And to be honest, they could possibly be a playoff team with Joe Burrow's kind of out of the picture. You know, with Joe Burrow's out of the picture, you can you know Cincinnati's going to struggle from this point on. And then the same thing's going on in Cleveland. They're starting to struggle now with their rotating door at quarterback and everything like that. So Pittsburgh could easily get into a wild card spot if they keep this momentum up. Will they catch Baltimore? I don't know. You know, Baltimore had a pretty good game, and we'll talk about them when we get there. But Pittsburgh looked pretty good. You know, Pittsburgh looked like they could on they could uh, they could honestly they could honestly become either a wild card team and. They could definitely be, they could definitely get Pittsburgh a run. For, I mean, they could definitely get Baltimore a run for their money as well. So, hopefully, with this, with these guys kind of, you know, cleaning house like they did in uh, in Las Vegas, you know, this could be a good step for them moving forward. Mike Tomlin has put it together for a long time. He's never had a losing season, so he's already at seven and four. So we'll see how the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, come away with it uh, going forward. Uh, next up, we have the Carolina Panthers at the Tennessee Titans. Derrick Henry proved that he still got a lot of jet, a lot of gas left in the tank. You know, he had an amazing game, seventy-five yards on the ground with two touchdowns. Um, the Panthers unfortunately fall uh, once again. They lose seventeen to ten, and I think as of yesterday, they fired head coach Frank Reich, and I think Frank Reich became. The I can't remember what I, I took a thing of the stat because I didn't want to forget it, 
But the stat was that Frank Wright has become the probably they said he's become the sixth coach to be fired in the first season with the team. Lou Holtz, uh, Pete McCauley, Bobby Petrino, Urban Meyer, Nathaniel Hackett. It's like, Jesus Christ, these guys sign big deals to kind of become the head coach of a team and they don't even quit. Now, Bobby Petrino is the exception because he didn't. He didn't get fired. He quit. So that's different. Nathaniel Hackett got fired uh, at the end of his first season in Denver last year. The year before that, it was Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. Um, so, you know, Frank Reich, I don't really know where Frank Reich stands. I know he was a good quarterback. You know, I know he was an okay backup quarterback with Buffalo for a while, uh, played for different teams. He's probably a good quarterback's coach or offensive coordinator maybe, but I don't know about a head coach. He hasn't really proved himself. And the Panthers, to be honest, they're making they're making Bryce Young's rookie year a bust. And that's unfortunate for him because he does got talent. But it looks like the Texans got the better pick in C.J. Stroud because he is flourishing unbelievably. So, you know, who knows where the Panthers go from this year. Big ups to the Titans proving that, you know, they can still win some games with their star players. So, uh, next up, we got the Giants and the Patriots. Um, Tommy DeVito looks to be a pretty serviceable quarterback for the Giants as the season kind of winds down. The Patriots had two interceptions from Mac Jones, and at halftime, it was made the change to Bailey Zappi, who proceeded to uh, extend the losing streak to uh, to two and nine, and. Um, I don't know what the deal is going on here. The I really don't. Uh, the running back in New England, Stevenson, I think. Uh, I think um, he's a much more serviceable running back than Ezekiel Elliott is. Uh, Zeke works if you feed him the ball more and more. To where Stevenson, he can make the big, you know, clip. He can make six, five, six, seven, eight yards a clip, and everything like that. But you know, we'll see what happens with New England. I don't know what they got to do. They need some more talent. Juju Smith-Schuster is a great receiver. Is a good receiver, but they're just not getting the ball to him. Devontae Parker, same thing. So, you know, we'll see what happens uh, with the Patriots. The Giants, you know, the Giants had a pretty good game. You know, DeVito had a touchdown, and I think he had either 190, 195 yards uh, passing. So, you know, we'll see what happens with the Giants moving on out. Uh, I don't think they're going to be a playoff contender. You know, this is their they're on their third string quarterback, so who knows what's going to happen. Um, next up, we got the Rams and the Cardinals. Matt Stafford went off in this game, four touchdowns. Um, it was incredible. Uh, Kyron Williams re- made his return to the the Rams as well to the starting lineup. Uh, Sixteen carries, one hundred forty three yards. You know, it was crazy. The Cardinals never really stood a chance. Um, they continue to struggle as well. You know, Kyler Murray and, you know, James Conner, those guys are just, they're good players, but they're just surrounded by bad team. You know, the Cardinals are, what are they, 2-10? and 10? Yeah, they're 2-10, and 10, you know, at this point, and I don't know, I don't know what the future holds for them, uh, but we'll see, man. I don't, the rumor is that the Cardinals are going to move on from Kyler Murray and move in another direction, so we'll see what happens. Uh, next up, we have the Chiefs and the Raiders. This fucking game here, bro. The at halftime, no, yeah, 
at halftime, like going into the end of the second quarter, the fucking Raiders had the lead 14 to zero. And then at right at the end of the second quarter, the, the Chiefs throw two touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes throws two touchdowns and ties it up. It's like, holy shit, what happened here? And then he throws another. And then, um, uh, what's his name? Pachenko, the running back from Kansas City, has two touchdowns of his own. And it's like they came the for the two first two quarters of the game, the Raiders were dominating the Chiefs. 14 to 0 and it looked like the Raiders were going to upset the defending Super Bowl champions but unfortunately it didn't happen because the final score ended up being Chiefs 31 Raiders 17 and Josh Jacobs even though he had 110 yards and a touchdown and as so did Devontae Adams and everything like that Mahomes and the Chiefs really rallied together and still proved that they are without a doubt the, the team to beat in the AFC so you know the Chiefs move up to eight and three. The Raiders fall to five and seven. Who knows where they're going to go? The Raiders. I mean, like I said, and uh, Antonio Pierce, the new head coach, he put it together quite quickly. But you know, when he faces the teams that are at the top level, you know that's when his coaching is really tested. Now, granted, like I said, they the Raiders did put up some numbers, but I don't think it was enough to stop the Chiefs uh, moving forward. So we'll see what happens, and then. And then uh, the Bills and the Eagles. This was the fucking game of the week right here. The Eagles and the Bills. The Bills are trying to prove that they are still a title contender. And I didn't understand why. Like, they were dominating the game for a while. Because, like, going into halftime, it was like 17-0. It was like 17-7. And it's like, holy shit, the Bills might make a big upset here and knock off the number one team in the NFL. But then, in the fourth quarter, for some reason, it became a fucking shootout between Hertz and Josh Allen. Josh Allen had like 330 yards, two touchdowns, and one pick. You know? And to be honest, he rushed for two touchdowns in this game as well. And everything like that. And I thought, I thought, man, when jo- when Josh Allen... When Josh Allen made the touchdown at the end, and I was like, holy shit, the Bills are going to do it. But then they messed up. So then they messed up. So it was really, really upsetting. The fact that the it was really upsetting for Bills fans, the fact that that Jalen Hurts was like, all right, this right, I'm not going to let this white boy keep running these touchdowns, and I'm going to show you how it's really done. He did it in a way that was so it, it reminded me of like fucking Michael Vick. This guy was just running like in when they, they took the team to overtime and it's like, okay, we're going to overtime. And now Jalen Hurts runs in with that walk-off touchdown game over the, the bills fall to the Eagles, 34, 37, the Eagles moved to 10 and one bills dropped to six and six, but what a fucking game that was, man, for it to go back for the bills to be dominant throughout the entire game. And then for the Eagles to make this dramatic comeback at the end, go into overtime, and then have Jalen Hurts be the man and run it all the way in and do an amazing performance that he had. Big kudos to the Eagles. To be honest, if the Eagles keep playing like this, they are definitely going to win the Super Bowl. I have them. 
a lot of people are saying, is Jalen Hurts for real? You know, how come they're not giving him the credit that he deserves? And I was like, because he's surrounded by a great team. You know, whether it's Devontae Smith, whether it's Swift, whether it's the amazing O-line that they have in Philadelphia and everything like that. But, but for some odd reason, I've always kind of the, uh, they overlook the Eagles because the Eagles have a bad reputation of blowing it when it comes to the playoffs. I mean, look at last year. They were the best. They were, I think they were the better team going into that Super Bowl. And they kind of fucked up at the end. So, uh, you know, who knows where they're going to go from here. If the Eagles keep playing like this, I mean, don't get me wrong. They're definitely going to be the number one seed team going into the playoffs this year for the NFC. And by the looks of things, I don't, but if you look at the rest of their schedule, it don't look like any team is going to stop them. So we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see what happens for those guys. Uh, as the as the season is becomes uh Dwayne's is the season the season is coming to an end. Fuck, can't talk right now. Uh, the Bills, on the other hand, man, it's gonna be fucking hard for the Bills to come back. They would honestly have to win out these next four games in order just to make the playoffs, because they're not gonna catch the, they're not gonna catch they're not gonna catch the Dolphins, but they are a better team than the Jets and the Patriots. So that could be something uh, worth seeing and everything like that, but. You know, big ups to the Eagles, a phenomenal performance from the Bills, but, you know, it is what it is. It was a great game, probably the best game that happened uh, over the Thanksgiving break. So, And then, of course, the Sunday night game was the Baltimore Ravens and the San Diego Chargers. Somebody had commented, he goes, dude, you keep saying San Diego. And I was like, because they're fucking from San Diego. They didn't change colors, they changed cities. And to be honest, there's too many teams in L.A. at the time right now. L.A. didn't need a football team because... Nobody was going to SoFi Stadium to see the Rams because even though the Rams won a Super Bowl and nobody was going to the L.A. Coliseum to see the Raiders because, you know, the Raiders weren't a winning team. The Chargers are no different. The San Diego Chargers, leave me alone, whatever. The San Diego Chargers fall to the char- fall to the Ravens. Ravens played a good game. Man, that's the big knock on Justin Herbert. He's a great quarterback, but for some reason... I think the biggest issue with the Chargers is the fact that when Joey Bosa got hurt, he's the the spearhead of that defense. And when he went down, that defense went down. Yeah, they got Khalil Mack, and yeah, they got some good corners, but it is not going to be it is not going to be an easy road this way ahead. Justin Herbert had a touchdown and a pick. He threw for like two hundred ten yards, two hundred fifteen yards, something like that. And then Keenan Allen had I don't even think Keenan Allen had a touchdown, but he did have 106 yards receiving, so, you know, we'll see what happens moving forward. But um, the Chargers, you know, it's unfortunate for them. The Ravens are the Ravens are probably the best team in the, in, a, in the AFC North right now. And by the looks of this, had they keep going at the way they're going, they're going to win the division, and they're probably going to be, shit, I think they have a better record than Kansas City. They're probably the number one team in the NFL right now in the, on the AFC side anyway, but you know, we'll see what happens uh, moving forward. The Ravens are definitely going to be a playoff team and it's starting to see, we're starting to see, you know, glimmers of that 2021 MVP from Lamar Jackson. Now the only thing he has to do left, it's translated to a great playoff performance because it's easy to have an MVP season. Like we've seen guys do it like Lamar Jackson, like Patrick Mahomes, you know, like, you know, we've seen a number of teams do this where they have great, you know, regular seasons and then they get to the 
playoffs and they just buckle for some reason. So hopefully Lamar Jackson can have a D. I think Lamar Jackson can lead the Ravens and have at least an AFC championship game. That's the way I'm looking at it. Like it's going to be the Ravens and the Chiefs in the uh, the AFC championship game, depending on, you know, which team is going to play Miami first. So we'll see what happens. And then, of course, Monday night game. Monday night was kind of like a low a low scoring affair. Wasn't really all that dramatic. The Bears and the Vikings, this is, you know, Justin Fields is starting to improve just a little bit, you know, and then we have Joshua Dobbs. Um, and then we have Joshua Dobbs uh, playing at a high level. And for some reason, the Bears defense really came through against the Vikings and everything like that. Because Justin Fields, I think he had 200 and, 210, 215 yards in the air. And he had about maybe 50, 60 yards on the ground. So he's proving that he still, he's proving that he still knows how to be a good quarterback. You know, he's, he's, he's fighting for his job. Because he knows he's going to be in the hot seat. So, and uh, everything like that. So, you know, he doesn't want to lose that job. You know, he's been trusted to lead the team into the trenches and everything like that. And he hadn't been doing it these past couple of games. But, you know, he's still putting up the numbers and still doing it. And especially when you see the backup doing better than him. You know, that, that, that lights a fire under you. Or it should anyway. To whereas the Vikings are kind of struggling as it is now, you know. Justin Jefferson's coming back, but still didn't really work out with him. Addison looked pretty good. Hawkinson did pretty good. You know, the 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 Vikings offense worked well with Kirk Cousins. With Joshua Dobbs now in the picture, you kind of got to restart that whole thing. It's a start. It's a start and stop. When when they did it prior to that, because when Case Keenum was the quarterback, it was kind of something similar there. But then they brought in. Um, then they brought in Kirk Cousins, who, all due respect to Case Keenum, University of Houston alumni, but I think Kurt was a better quarterback than that and everything like that. So when you bring in a more efficient quarterback and he goes down, much like the Jets, you know, when you lose your star quarterback, uh, especially this late in the season, and you lose him for the season, you know, it does kind of take a toll on the team eventually because now you they didn't turn to their the the Vikings didn't turn to their backup quarterback. They went and signed another quarterback who wasn't even on the team when the season started. And, you know, that you know, that takes some time to get used to. Guys will just come in and be like, All right, this is gonna be our quarterback, this is gonna be our guy that's gonna, you know, lead the team uh until either until Kurt comes back or until, you know, he shows that he can actually do it. The Vikings are a good team. They really I think they really are. Um they should have beaten the Bears, but for some reason, the Bears' defense got the best of them, and you know it's going to hold it down. The Bears move up to four and eight. The Vikings drop to six and six. So we'll see what happens from there. Um, wow, this episode ran pretty pretty long, but I think that covers it. I hope you guys had a great uh, Thanksgiving uh, holiday this past weekend. Uh, football was cool. Had some great great moments in there. Had a great game in Philly. Had a big upset in in um, in Denver. So. You know, looking forward to what week 13 brings as we get closer to the NFL playoffs and everything like that. So that's going to go ahead and do it for today's episode. If you like the episode, be sure to follow the podcast on all podcast outlets, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google Play, Odyssey, Reddit, wherever you're getting your podcast from. 
Be sure to follow the podcast on all social media outlets, Instagram and X, the Madhouse 21. Let me know how your team did uh, in uh, over the Thanksgiving holiday. Let me know how you guys are doing in fantasy football. Let me know everything, Instagram and Twitter, the Madhouse 21. Uh, be on the lookout for more episodes as they come out. Uh, we do have an episode coming out tomorrow, Thursday. I uh, got some stuff planned for this weekend as I'm starting to catch up on a couple of the shows and a couple of these new movies that are dropping on streaming services and in the theater. So uh, just be on the lookout for anything and everything that comes out of this podcast. And of course, as always, be sure to embrace your inner madness.